What's going on, everybody? Austin here, and in this video, we are going to be taking a look at NFL Post Week 5 Overreaction Monday on a Tuesday. Is it no big deal, time to worry, or should they sell the team? So, starting off, we have Thursday Night Football. Colts hold the Broncos and win in a 12-9 to barn burner. Now, the Broncos are averaging 15 points per game. They've only crossed 17 points once. That was the loss to the Raiders, Raiders' first one in the season. Can they manage to have a winning record? Right now, they have wins over the Texans, and they have a win over one more team that is escaping me right now. Uh, but they're 2-3. and three. They made a massive, massive draft uh, investment in Russell Wilson. And then I believe Russell Wilson had two years left on his deal, and then they sent, signed him to like a five-year, $250 million extension. So they're tied to Russell Wilson through like 2028 uh, at around $45 million a year, $42 million a year if you, if you include the two first years. Um, and they don't have their next two first-round picks and I think a couple second-round picks. So I think a lot is hinging on these early years. The Broncos – have not had a great performance yet. And yet, you know, they've had, they do have a couple wins. They're two, like, you know, like I said, they're two and three. I think there's a level yet to be reached, but so far Russell Wilson has been far and away the most disappointing player in the NFL. Uh, so can they manage a winning record? I think that with Russell Wilson, as bad as he's playing, and the defense, I mean, the defense held their opponent to 12 points, and they lost. It's not It's not looking good. Um, now, obviously, they're not going to sell the team. They are all in this year, but what a pathetic year to be on. The Giants beat the Packers in London. This was, this was an awful game for me as a better uh, because I bet – the Giants plus nine and the under on an alternative line at 47 and a half. Now, full disclosure, I wanted the Packers to win the game. So when I saw that the Giants, you know, had brought the game back and tied it at 20, I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, there's 10 minutes left. Geez, I really just hope the Packers score a touchdown. So 27-20 so that – we hit that under 47 and then just hold the Giants so that they cover by nine. You know, win, win, win. Unfortunately, not only did the Packers not win, but the Giants were the ones that scored the touchdown. Now, that means my parlay was still alive, my same game parlay. Plus nine and then plus nine and that under alternative line of 47 and a half. Now, I don't I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden I saw that the, the, the Packers had 22 points which means that at some point they safetyed the Giants for two points, pushing them over that 47-and-a-half line that I needed them to hit the under, and it was just – it was absolutely devastating to me. But my question is, is the NFC East the best division in the NFL? Record-wise, it's not close. Uh, they're 14-and-6 in overall play. Uh, now, part of those six, three losses are from – the three losses are from the NFC East. Okay, so Washington lost to Philly. The Giants lost to Dallas. 
and Washington also lost to Dallas. So that means that overall, they are 11-3 and against the rest of the NFL with signature wins with the Eagles beating the Vikings, Cowboys beating the Rams, and the Bengals, and the Giants also beating the Packers. So overall, I do not believe it's the most talented division in the NFL. That would have to go to the NFC West, the AFC West, or the AFC North. However, they are winning football games, and they're beating good teams. Right now, you'd think, oh, the Rams should be in the playoffs. The Vikings should be in the playoffs. The Packers should be in the playoffs. Nope, nope, and nope. They can't beat the NFC East. I Not nope that they're not in the playoffs. I think the Vikings and the Packers are. But it's nope, they can't beat the NFC East. And right now, it might be time to worry that we could see not one, not two, but maybe three NFC East teams in the playoffs this year. That would be unbelievable. The Patriots shut out the Lions 29-0 after a disappointing 1-4 and four start to the season. Is Dan Campbell done in Detroit? Is he about to go the way of Matt Rule? Now, as a native Michigander, I can tell you that the feeling in the front office is an absolute, absolute no. He's not done. That Ford family is way too loyal to coaches and GMs and just anybody in the organization. But Dan Campbell really has nothing as a head coach. Now, he's, he's an amazing man as a leader in that locker room. But those guys, you could, you could honestly say, are a dime a dozen. Uh, there is no real personality in the NFL that can match the energy that Dan Campbell has. And I believe that Dan Campbell's go for it on fourth down mentality and his toughness, uh, you know, translating to a running game and backup offensive linemen playing well. I think all of that is a good thing for Detroit. But schematically, uh, he's not an offensive coordinator. He's not a defensive coordinator. Uh, his not only is he not a defensive coordinator, but his defense right now is the worst in NFL history. Uh, his number one overall offense, the highest scoring offense in the league, you know, went from averaging 36 points per game to now 28 points per game because they couldn't score a single point against the Patriots. And, you know, part of that is, oh, they get into field goal range, but they're down, you know, 17, nothing. So, you know, they might as well go for it on fourth down. And, you know, it, it, it kind of, is a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point where it's like, oh, well, the Lions can't score, so they might as well, you know, go for it farther. But I'm going to say that this game was more of an outlier. It's not, it's not time to sell the team. Campbell's not done. It's time to worry because it is not no big deal. Uh, but is he done in Detroit? Not yet. Now, the Texans beat the Jags 13-6. to Are the Jags early season frauds? Now, the Jags started off the season 0-1 to the Washington Commanders. But then they won two straight very impressive games against the Indianapolis Colts and the Los Angeles Chargers. After that, they took L's to the Eagles and now the Texans as the Texans' first win in Jacksonville. <clears throat> The only seeming, the only real explainable problem with this team 
is Trevor Lawrence and his ability to hold on to the football and make sure that, you know, it stays in the hands of his receivers. They have a great defense that is, you know, anchored by Devin Lloyd. Uh, and they have good enough offensive weapons. Are the Jags early season frauds? Probably. It's time to worry. I don't think they're really going to continue on with an amazing stretch of football. Uh, so far, I think it was through the first four weeks, they they easily had the best pass protection in the NFL. I doubt that's going to continue on at the same level. It might it might still be high, but I, I can't imagine it's going to stay number one. Um, and so, you know, that with the Colts now, the Colts have gotten a couple wins. The Titans have gotten a couple wins. I don't think the Jags are going to be running away with this division, and they might not even come out here with a winning record by the end of the season. Now, the Bills, they drop kick the Steelers 38-3. to We've all seen it. We've all seen young quarterbacks, you know, a la, you know, David Carr to Ryan Leaf to Sam Bradford to Sam Darnold just get absolutely ruined. I mean, Justin Fields just getting ruined by playing on bad teams up against great competition. You see on one side, Allen has 466 total yards, four touchdowns and interception. Pickett has a bunch of garbage time yards and one pick. No touchdowns were even scored by the Steelers, despite having George Pickens, Najee Harris, uh, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. It's, it's a sad, sad thing. And to make matters worse, their next three opponents are the Bucks, Dolphins, and Eagles. Great NFL defenses. Are the Steelers ruining Pickett already? I'm going to say it's no big deal because he didn't get hit. I mean, we come back and look at these. We come back and look at these stats. Three sacks and an interception. It's bad. It's not like Justin Fields' debut where he got sacked. I think it was like nine times against Cleveland or anything like that. Now, the Bucks, that might be a problem. The Eagles, that might be a problem. But so far, if they can get him reps and they can get him positive plays, it's not a problem yet. Now, if this continues throughout the rest of this season, then it might be time to worry. Jets drop 40 and beat the Dolphins by 23 points. Are the Jets legit playoff contenders? You take a look at what they have here. Zach Wilson ended up with 210 yards and nothing else. Nice moderate game for him, completing 67% of his passes. Brees Hall landed 200 yards on 20 touches with a touchdown. The defense racked up two sacks and a pick. And they have five easy layup games against the Lions, Seahawks, Bears, Jags, and Broncos. At best, they go 5-0. and At worst, I think they go 2-3 and in these games. I think they're likely going to go 3-2, and if not 4-1. and Is there a chance that the Jets end up in that playoff conversation right now, they're three and two. Their first nine games were absolutely brutal. I mean, they had the entire AFC North. You know, they're going to have to play the the Bills a couple times before, you know, that that week, week 10 matchup. On the other side, they have the Dolphins another time. They have, you know, these five teams. They have the Patriots a couple times. Are the Jets legit playoff contenders? Despite all of the great things that they have going for him, I'm not going to say it's time to, you know, it's time to sell out on it. 
it might be time to worry. But at best, I think they're going to finish with nine wins. Uh, probably likely end up with seven or eight. Uh, and that might ruin a couple playoff teams. That might get them in the conversation of being in the hunt, you know, come week 16, 17, 18. But it's not a done deal yet. Now, Seattle scores 32 and loses a little bit of a little bit of their own medicine that they gave to Detroit when Detroit scored 45 and still lost. Uh, they dropped to the Saints in a 39 to 32 loss. Geno Smith has looked absolutely great this year. Is he Seattle's quarterback of the future? Uh, you know, we take a look at, you know, some of the stats he had. Geno Smith, 268 yards, three touchdowns. Didn't have to force a punt at all against the Lions. Amazing, amazing numbers, uh, you know, for somebody who is looking like a career backup. Now, on the other side, Taysom Hill just did what Taysom Hill does. He managed with 134 scrimmage yards, which probably shouldn't say scrimmage yards because I think 20 of those are a pass and a touchdown. But he had four touchdowns total, uh, three rushing, I think, one passing. He had three kick returns. I think they were punt returns uh, that totaled 69 yards. Nice. And he had a fumble recovery on a blocked punt. Just absolute madness in front in in the football world and seattle still kept it at a one score game is geno seattle's quarterback of the future though i'm going to say sort of because i think the future for seattle is very short notice they did not rebuild after getting rid of russell wilson they signed DK to like a three-year deal. I think Tyler Lockett has one or two years left on his deal, uh, like this year and then maybe next year. Uh, you know, they they had a couple of really good draft picks. They have another draft pick next year from Denver. And I think that as of right now, they're going all in on this next year, maybe two, to see if Pete Carroll can't go out, you know, with a deep playoff run if, you know, crazy things happen, Super Bowl win. I'm going to say sort of because I think Geno Smith right now is playing for a three-year stretch of football that's going to be guaranteed to him in Seattle. Now, the 49ers crushed the Panthers 37-15. to 15. Uh, This was a game that, uh, you know, kind of upset me because I had, I had money on the under on this game, and the Panthers basically covered the under by themselves. Just – or the 49ers just covered the under by themselves almost – uh, I think it was like 38 and a half, and they just they scored way too many points. Uh, are the Niners the NFC West favorites? The Rams have looked pretty weak. The Cardinals have not looked like the same team. Now, the Seahawks are a lot better than we thought they'd be. But the 49ers now have seemed to kind of come into form that they've got two consecutive wins. Jimmy Garoppolo is starting to get more comfortable in the offense. You know, you see right there, 250 yards, two touchdowns. Jeff Wilson's looking nice. George Kittle finally starting to get acclimated into the passing game. The defense is looking really good. You know, on the other side, obviously they played Baker Mayfield. And CMC did CMC things, but it really didn't matter. It's basically this division's going to be between the Rams and the 49ers. And if you ask me, I think it is absolutely time to worry. Bordering on sell the rest of the NFC West, because if I were to bet money right now today on whether the Rams would or would not make the playoffs, I would probably have to bet would not. 
I still have faith that they can turn it around. And once they do, they will be one of the best teams in the league. But if they don't, they've looked awful. And this 49ers team has looked really good as of late. Speaking of the Rams, the Cowboys beat the Rams 22-10. to 10. My question is, will the Rams make the playoffs? Miss the playoffs, rather. Uh, they're 2-3. and three. They're only two wins coming up against the Falcons and the Cardinals, I believe, by a total margin of, like, I think it's, like, 15 uh, that they have those two wins by. Uh, Stafford has looked like a slightly worse version of what we thought Stafford was back in Detroit, where he's going to throw for a lot of yards, not a lot of touchdowns, and a lot of picks. He was always a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, a few picks guy. Uh, so, you know, the touchdowns are down, the interceptions are up. It's not a great formula for winning. Uh, but at the same time, the offensive line has been terrible. The running game has been terrible. The defense has not been great against the against the decent or good teams. Uh, the only bright spot about the entire Rams franchise right now is the fact that Sean McVay is alive and that Cooper Cup still plays for them because for some reason, no matter how many times the broadcast says, yeah, Cooper Cup's the only guy they got to worry about on that Rams offense. Uh, I don't think the defense even knows how to cover Cooper Cup, like at all. Like the man just like this is just an automatic stat line. If he doesn't have if he doesn't have eight receptions for 200 for 120 yards and a touchdown, like you think he had a bad game. Will the Rams miss the playoffs? You heard what I said on that last slide. It's time to worry. It is absolutely time to worry because the Rams are about two losses before week 10 away, you know, from being 500 uh, or not from not from being 500, but from being like, what is it? Two and like five, two and six. Um, it's not going to look great for them. You know, they, they, they could go three and two in their next five games and be 500 at week 10, but, I mean, they they need to start, you know, hauling off like four and zero stretches, four and one, you know, three and one, five and two. It's not looking good. Eagles escape against the Cardinals, uh, twenty to seventeen. Now the the Cardinals had a chance to score a field goal. Kyler Murray did an okay job of getting them into field goal range, but he just had a horrendous clock management situation. Even worse than Dak Prescott in the playoff game against the 49ers when he drew, when he had a quarterback draw with like eight seconds on the clock. Uh, now, these two quarterbacks, they're young studs. They're mobile guys, back-to-back uh, picks out of the University of Oklahoma. But my question is, Kyler Murray's football IQ and dedication to the game and social IQ even relating to his teammates has been so low and so aloof and I don't even know what you'd say just like lacking awareness self-awareness my question does Kyler Murray care about football for the team that put in his contract you have to watch film and then took it out because it hurt his feelings uh I would really want to know after I gave him a buttload of money I would have liked to have known before whether or not he cares about football and I think it is time to worry. This might be one of the biggest storylines in the NFL. Kyler Murray, to me, is is the equivalent of Ben Simmons in the NBA, where you think that basketball and football 
it's really just kind of like a hobby for these guys. It's not the dedication. They're not the Kobe Bryant's. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to be in the gym at 4.30, you know, already with a full workout in by the time that you show up for morning breakfast. Now, one of the late night games, Lamar and Justin Tucker, they came back on Cincinnati uh, to beat them 19 to 17. So the Ravens did not blow a late game lead. Uh, are the Ravens now on the right track? Jackson had his, you know, 230 some yards, only one touchdown and a pick. Dobbins, really not a great player. On the other side, Burrow had a hard time getting things going with his receivers, especially with Higgins out. Uh, you know, the number one target for him all night was Hayden Hurst, who coincidentally was drafted the same year as Lamar was to the Ravens in the same round, just, you know, about 15, 20 picks before. Are the Ravens on the right track? They're now three and two. Their losses are some epic blown leads to the Dolphins and the Bills, some of the better teams in the NFL. But their wins are against the Jets, against just now Cincinnati, and the Patriots. Not a great team. Are they good? Are they bad? Close losses to great teams and decent wins against bad teams. I'm going to say not so fast. They're not quite on track yet. Because the problem with since or the problem with the Ravens has always been see if they have the ball on the final possession, there's a good chance they win the game. You've got Lamar Jackson, you've got Justin Tucker. That's all you need. But if the defense is on the field for the final possession, you're probably going to lose because these guys are going to give up a full drive for the for for the score. The defense needs to get healthy, especially their secondary, which was a problem that they had last year. And you thought they would have been they would have been beyond it, but they're not. They are not on track yet, but somehow Lamar is just going to finagle his way to a few wins. We'll see what they can do. Uh you know, come end mid end season. Now the Raiders, the game that just ended a few hours ago, the Raiders blew a 17 point lead and they lost 30 to 29 to the chiefs. They had the opportunity to kick the field or kick the extra point, tie the game uh, with about four minutes left. But for some reason they decided to go for two to take the win. Like there wasn't four and a half minutes left of football left to play and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid on the other side. I think that was a stupid play call, especially considering if the rest of the game would have played out the way that it did, that game's going to overtime. But neither here nor there can the one and four Raiders make the playoffs. This was a team that had a lot of pressure coming onto them into the season, especially Derek Carr, after they traded for, you know, his old, jeez, uh, I, can't, I can't even think of the name of the college they went to. Uh, but after trading, you know, for his college teammate, Devontae Adams, you got Darren Waller sitting on the sideline for most of this game. But Josh Jacobs, you know, he went balls to the wall, 26 touches for 200 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Adams, you know, there to support Derek Carr. He's also got uh, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, Josh McDaniels now at the helm. And Max Crosby and Chandler Jones on the defense. But this team has only managed to win one game, and it's against possibly you know, one of the worst teams in the NFL, the Denver Broncos. However, the Raiders have the ninth easiest remaining schedule based on winning percentage with 
games against Pittsburgh, Houston, Seattle, New England, Jacksonville, and New Orleans all left to play. So can the one and four Raiders make the playoffs? Maybe, but probably not. 33-26. That's not accurate. Neither here nor there. 30-29. to 29. Don't know where that 33-26 to 26 came from. Raiders probably can't make the playoffs. There, no team that has ever gone 0-3 and make the playoffs. No team in the last 10 years has gone 0-2 and made the playoffs. So, you know, the team that went 0-3 and then 1-3 and, and then 1-4, chances are they're not making the playoffs. All right, guys, thanks for watching that video. Be sure to like and subscribe and let me know what you think in the comments down below. And stay up to date on all of our future content.